0: Today is a unique day in that not only are we celebrating moms, but we're transitioning in between uh, our sermon series. And next week, we're going to begin a series, like I mentioned, called Why Do I Need Church? And we're going to encourage you to, to come and bring a friend for that. I'm really, really excited about that. But today we're kind of coming off an exciting Easter season, and uh, we're going to have a little bit different flavor to our message today. And so today is what we've been calling a Roots Sunday. No, we're not going to go out and get dirty and dig like we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, We're going to stay right here um, in that we have this about three times a year, um, in January and in September and then usually right after Easter um, at some point. And we're going to be focusing on the question today, who are we? who are we? You know who you are as an individual, but we come together as the gathered church. Who are we uh, as we gather here today? Or for somebody that maybe is outside the church and they, they drive by and they see those signs out there on 42nd Street and they see Hope City Branch and they ask, well, what's that all about? Today we want to be crystal clear about that so that you can give them an answer. What are the deepest and truest things about us as a church? And you already know, well, we're not perfect. We got that figured out, right? Neither is the pastor, I'll tell you that. Um, and so, the, what, But what, what is at the center of who we are? If you think about a tree that's, that's growing, if, if we are a church that's growing as a tree, what are our roots? What are the things that hold us, that put us in the ground, the deepest and truest things about us? And as it turns out, scripture has a lot to say about our roots as well. We already heard in our scripture reading today that as we grow, God's desire for us is to be connected to him. He is the true vine, and we are the branches, and without him, we can do nothing. So if you think about city branches, a tree that's growing, if there's any fruit that's being produced, it's because you and I are connected to the vine, to the true vine, which is Jesus, as he says. But also, what is in the soil, in the soil of God's word, what is being planted? And so if you could, actually, we're going to turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament, and we're just going to look at one passage from Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17. So it's going to be towards the front of your Bible, uh, next to Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning in verse 7. Scripture has a lot to say about our roots. And I'll read this for you. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. It says this, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, like in August in Iowa. Uh, Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And isn't that what we're about as followers of Jesus? We're here to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. That's what we've been called to do. And in order to do that, Scripture tells us it's all about the things that are under the surface that maybe the most important things about this church, you and I together, the most important things about us are not what you see. That are not just what what you see, but those things are fruit of the things that are underneath the soil. Does that make sense? Our roots, what kind of soil we have. And so, as an example of this, um, just to give you a thought, there was a young man who visited a, a local church, and he was checking it out for the first time, and he was kind of nervous because he was a first-time visitor, and he really wanted to know, what is it that this church is about? Who are they, and what are they about? And so, um, he, he was just checking it out, and, and after the service was done, he couldn't help but go up to the pastor, and he shook his hand, and, and, and he said, so what's the deal around here? And, and the pastor was like, I, I don't know, what are you talking about? Like, What is it with you people? And the pastor was like, are you upset? Are are you mad or something? He said, no, no, the young man said. It's almost like everywhere I go around this church and every single volunteer and every single person that I met today is saying the exact same thing. I mean, you have great diversity around here just like we do, young and old and and rich and poor and people from the suburbs and people from the city and, 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 and all over the place. But it's almost like God took the same heart and put it in every single person. I mean, we're all different, but all of you are saying the same thing. And so I'd go up to people and I'd say, well, what is it you're about? And at this particular church, everybody was just saying, we exist to turn irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Okay, and then you go over to this person and walk over to their well, what What is it about, what, why do you exist? Well, we exist to turn ir- ir- irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ wow, these people really know what they're talking about. And then they went over to somebody in the band. He said, why do you exist? Well, we exist to turn irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, they'd say it in a little bit different way, but it was almost like God had taken the same heart, the same passion, the same vision, and put it into every single person. And I think what this guy was trying, he couldn't quite put his finger on it, but I think what he was trying to say is there was a common vision. In other words, they knew who they were. They knew what their roots were. They knew who they were, and because of that, they knew where they were going. And it reminds me of one of my favorite lines about the early church, and this is from Acts 4, verse 32. And it says this, All the believers had the same heart and mind. They were of the same heart and mind. You can imagine, these these are people from all over the world, these new Christians that are sprouting up as the church is beginning. But it says they were all of the same heart and mind. And there's something powerful about that. And my prayer is that that would be true of us, that no matter who we are or where we are, that we have a crystal clear picture of what it is to be a part of Hope City Brand. So what I'd like to do is today we're going to kind of take a 20,000-foot jet tour. So if you get motion sickness... That's okay, I do. Uh, Hopefully you got your drama mean for today. So we're going to fly in a jet about to give a 20,000 foot view of what it means to be a part of City Branch. And so now you can pull out that little uh, St. Patrick's Day leprechaun looking sheet uh, next to you or underneath you and pull that out and grab a pen. There should be a pen on every chair. So today's going to be a little interactive and I don't know about you, but I'm able to kind of focus and stay connected a little bit better when I follow along okay so i want even if you've done this before we all need to be reminded and so as we go if i miss something every single thing on there is important if i miss something just yell out and raise your hand and and uh and we want it to be interactive today so we're gonna take a little look so that if somebody tomorrow morning on your way to work stops you and says hey i've seen you going to that elementary school at 10 o'clock on sunday mornings what is that all about I don't hope you rattle off the whole sheet to them, but I hope that you can give them a picture of who it is that we're about. So starting at the top, Hope City Branch is a satellite campus of Lutheran Church of Hope uh, in West Des Moines, meaning that we have the same mission, vision, and values as all the other campuses. We look different. We smell different. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we may do that mission differently, but we have the same mission, vision and values. So that when I say, hey, go to the new member class, that means if you become a member of one, you're a member of all three. Because we are one church in multiple locations. We pray for each other. We don't compete with each other. We don't compare to each other. We just ask God, how can we bring the good news to the community that we're in? That's why city branch was started. We didn't just start because we were mad at the people in West Des Moines or we don't like Ankeny or something like that. We started is because there are tens and thousands of people without a church home in the city of Des Moines, right around here where we live. And as we've gone out and reached out to the community, we've really discovered that that there's a lot of needs out there too. We exist to reach people that don't have a church home. We don't exist to steal people from other churches and shuffle the sheep, as I like to say. Uh, We want you to be here and to be connected and be a part of a local church. So um, the cool thing is that not only do we not compete within ourselves, but because we are the Church of Des Moines, I say that a lot more often than I say hope. Hope. We are the Church of Des Moines. I actually meet with a lot of other pastors from other churches on a regular basis, and we share best practices, and we pray for each other, and we encourage each other. Um, If we don't like some of our members, we send you to each other. I'm joking. Just making sure you're with me here. Um, If you get a call from me and I say, hey, why don't you go down there? No, I'm just joking. Um, We love having you here. But at the same time, we want you to find where you connect but what we don't want you to do is sort of be hot air balloon people. You know what I'm saying? So like, oh, I kind of like this church. Well, I kind of like this pastor better. I kind of like this worship better. And they have better bacon and they have better donut holes. And so you just, you never plant yourself. You never put your roots down. So wherever it is that God has called you to be, we ask that you would be there to plug in to the local church and not be hot air balloon people. So the point is, it's not about how many rear ends are in the seats. The point is, is God transforming lives. The point is, are we making disciples? As our banner says, as you walk under that every single week, what is it that we've been called to do is make disciples? That's the number one goal. And the second part of this is that we are a Jesus church first and a Lutheran church second. And that is extremely important, extremely important, meaning what we teach and our theology, right? We're all reading the same Bible, But there's these different groups that have this fancy name called denominations. And some of you have been a part of a different denomination. Some of you are um, coming from lots of different backgrounds. And so we want you to know that the most important thing here is that we want to connect you to the power and the life of Jesus Christ. Right? These two verses that kind of enfold our worship area here, that's what it's all about. It's about that Jesus said, I have come to have life to the full, and that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Notice it doesn't say being a Lutheran is the resurrection of the life, right? Jesus is what's it's all, all about. We're a Jesus church first and a Lutheran church second. So what we teach and preach and our theology is going to have a little bit of a Lutheran bent to it, but our goal is not to convert you to being a Lutheran. In fact, over 75% of Lutheran Church of Hope is not Lutheran or does not come from a Lutheran background. So I don't want you to feel like we're going to put a stamp on your forehead or something like that. We just love it that you're here. And we want you to come and be yourself. And so the important thing about being Lutheran, when you hear that, is you kind of put things into two different categories. And the first thing is what I'll call cultural Lutheranism. So some of you hear, oh, right, you're that church that does potlucks with the the green jello with the pear slices in them, and then you sit around and you have choir concerts with robes, and you chant things and wave things around, and uh, you tell Sven and Oli jokes, and you eat ham sandwiches. Yes, but that's not what makes us Lutheran, right? I would say those are put those in the cultural Lutheranism bucket. And then there is the theology of being Lutheran. And what we're concerned about is the theology. You can eat whatever color jello you want, okay? You have the freedom to do that. Those are cultural uh, Lutheran type things. The true theology, the true roots of Lutheranism are found in the solas. Say solas. Solas. So what puts the Lutheran in Lutheran Church of Hope? Well, it's these things. So um, it's not something that we made up. Um, It's something that's straight from God's word. So what's that all about? So Martin Luther, uh, if we throw him up on the screen, that's Martin Luther, a 16th century uh, monk. And if that doesn't get you excited about being Lutheran, I don't know what is. Martin's saying, come on, people, join up. That's what he's saying. Um, No, for Martin There was five big things, and four of them are solas, and one of them we'll get to is the priesthood of all believers. And so you see those. And the first one, sola in Latin means alone. It means alone, so that these are the things that truly matter. It's not something that we made up, and Luther pulls these right out of Scripture. And first of all, um, it's grace alone. For Luther, it was grace alone. These are the things that make us Lutheran, that it's by grace that we have been saved. It's not us earning God's love. You hear us talk a lot about if there's a ladder That a lot of other religions teach that we have to somehow climb this ladder and be good enough people to earn our way to God. That never works. And the coolest thing for us, not just as Lutherans but as followers of Jesus, that our God has come down the ladder to us. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. God has come to you. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, Grace alone. An easy way to remember grace is a little acronym, and you can write this down, is God's riches at Christ's expense. Right? Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense is that God has given us everything because Jesus gave his everything. So there's nothing that we can do to deserve it. And secondly, faith alone. And this goes right along with the grace is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone, putting our faith in that grace that we've already been given. Faith is a gift from God. Faith isn't something that we manufacture. I don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I hope I can conjure up enough faith to be a good Christian. That's not what it's about. For Luther, it was God's spirit moving inside of us and creating that faith. You know, Have you ever had one of those moments where you just feel like something is stirring inside of you? Maybe it was during a worship song. Maybe it was during a message. Maybe it was a a concert that you went to or something and you just felt something bigger than you. That is the Holy Spirit moving and working inside of you and creating faith. The next one is word alone. Word alone. That's why we have Bibles here every every week. That's why we encourage you to take them home is because we believe that that God's word is, actually changes lives, right? This isn't some just dusty, um, irrelevant religious book that we want you to to keep on the shelf. God's word is living and active and has just as much to say to you right now, here, today, on Sunday, May 8th, 2011, as it did back then. And we believe that it's the final authority on our lives and it changed lives and we're not ashamed of it. We're not just going to skip over some passages because, oh, those are too hard. Right? We believe that God's word changes lives and we are not ashamed of the gospel. And finally, it's Christ alone. And that just wraps up the whole thing. And that might be the important one, is Christ alone. Jesus is our direct connection to God. And there are some other denominations where either it's the Virgin Mary or it's a pope or someone that is in authority that ends up being the direct connection to God. But one of Luther's passions, one of his passions was that every single one of us, has a direct connection to the living God no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter how um, good of a Christian you think you are or aren't. That was one of Luther's big passions. And sometimes we we get all confused about that and we think, well, I have to come and hear the pastor bring God's word and that's the only way that I'm going to get fed. I hope this isn't the only time that you're getting fed during the week. I hope this is just, just the icing on the cake. I hope that you're digging into God's word every single day, that it doesn't have to just come from somebody in authority. You have a direct connection to have an ongoing conversation with the living God. And finally, that leads right into the last thing uh, that Luther was very passionate about, that it's at the center of Lutheran theology, and that's the priesthood of all believers. The priesthood of all believers. Well, that's kind of a funny phrase. In the Old Testament, there were the priests, there were the Levites, and these people were this special group of people that would be able to go into the temple, that would be going into the tabernacle, into the place called the Holy of Holies. These were the people, only the people in Israel that had a direct connection with God. And what Luther's saying is that all of you are priests. All of you are. So if I asked you, in other words, who's the minister of this church? Who's the minister of this church? You are. Well, Jesus is, yes. <laughs> all of you are. All of you are. I am a minister of this church, and together we are all ministers. In the book of Acts, it says the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has been poured out on all people, right? Not just men, (laughs) not just women, not just people that wear robes or people that have a collar or people that have a degree. The Spirit of God has been poured out on all people, which means that you lead, You lead small groups. You lead teams. You can pray for people at any time, anywhere. You can minister and visit people in the hospital. That's not just for the pastor to do. Yes, we do that. But all of you are ministers. And so when I look out in the crowd every single week, I don't see just faces in the crowd. I see the body of Christ. I see the body of Christ. I see small group leaders and I see chair team captains and I see care team members and I see hospital visitors. I see people that that are on our prayer teams. That's what I see because we're the body of Christ and every single one of you has the power. The spirit of the living God lives inside of you and you have the power. So just humor me a second and turn to that person next to you and just elbow them, make sure they're awake and say, hey, neighbor, you've got the power. Oh, come on. Do it again. Say, you've got the power plug in, baby. You've got the power. And speaking of doing church as a team, I'm going to have our our City Branch leadership team uh, come on up. A couple of them are leading and and doing their job. So um, if you want to come on up, uh, City Branch leadership team, come on up, and I'm just going to have them uh, tell you a little bit about who they are uh, and what they do. And um, I'm not just going to talk about being the church. I'm going to show you who the church is. So Actually, come over here, because I don't know how long that's going to reach. So I'm just going to have them tell you their name and just a little snippet of what it is that they do. You can fill in down that way. You can fill in down that way. You can tell their leaders. They just know exactly what to do. I'm joking.
1: All right. right. Well, uh, my name is Steph, and um, as John said, one of the main parts that I love about this church is that a marker of our success is not just how many people are in the room here on Sunday morning. And we're a church that really likes to go out and be the church. And so one of, um, one of the roles I play at this church is basically we all have people in our lives and friends that have actually probably been hurt, unfortunately, by the institution of the church, and it's hard for them to even walk in on a Sunday morning to hear about God. So we're trying to find ways basically to break down those barriers for people, for us to go and to be the church and to go and be the kingdom of God wherever that they're at. So um, it's still forming and we're still finding ways to be able to do that better, but that's one of the hearts of this church is to go out and be the church. I'm Tracy Robson. I am in charge of a ministry that's called Breakfast Club. Um, what Breakfast Club does is we serve breakfast every Sunday morning at about 8.15, and that's for anyone who's interested in coming, anyone who can get here that early. Um, and then after that, we do have some small groups that are based on the scripture and the sermon message, um, and those are led by volunteers. So if you're interested in coming, joining a small group, those run from 9 to 9.45. The other thing that we do is we provide transportation to anyone and everyone who wants to come and doesn't have any way to come. So we have two vehicles that do rounds all over Des Moines that pick up folks, anyone who wants to come.
0: I'm Mark, and my co-leader Dave is not here. Uh, Our responsibility, our area of service, is adult ministry. And uh, our thing, our main thing, is small groups. We're a huge small group church, and we're all about what it is. We really believe that uh, this is great, and we need to assemble, but transformation really takes place when we all get together and figure out what the truth says and how does that apply to our lives. So what that is all about, you really need to come next week, and you'll get a lot about small groups, life groups, and uh, that will be a great time for you to learn more. So if you have any questions, uh, come and see me.
1: My name is Scott, and I'd like to say that I'm really proud of Mark for wearing a pink shirt today. Um, uh, what does it match? Uh, the drum set. Um, so, uh, No, uh, my name is Scott. and
0: w- <laughs> Real men wear pink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm the worship arts coordinator. And uh, our group uh, is involved, obviously, in the music, uh, but also in what things look like. Um, and that's something that's an ongoing process where so we're going to start to incorporate more of our artists in our community into uh, what we do. Uh, we have a small group that uh, meets uh, at my house, and we do uh, study uh, with things related to uh, worship and just general Bible study and messages. And uh, it's really fun. If anybody is out there that wants to sort of explore the, the musician in them, please, I encourage you to get involved. Uh, you see a lot of the same faces up here, but it's not because it's an op- not an open door. It is, and we'd like very much for people to uh, come up and be a part of what we do. So that's an invitation to all of you. Hello, my name is Tiffany Anundsen and I'm the operations coordinator and that means that I coordinate the operations of worship (laughs) and um, I send a lot of emails. I am your contact person if you have questions about um, volunteering and that sort of thing. Um, I'm also going to be doing a lot with the summer barbecues that we're going to be having called backyard barbecues which we're going to invite our neighborhood to come and have um, barbecue with me and you and everybody so that's what I do
0: All right, let's give him a hand, thank you (laughs) and uh, one of our our team leaders that's not here is Mike Wieskamp and he's our missions team coordinator and uh, I keep telling him we we just need to get a few more missions things going here at City Branch. He's been slacking lately. I'm joking. Um, Mike does an incredible job, and if he were here, he would say, uh, get plugged in and get involved, as as I said, with our Rock the Block event coming up in May. But I just wanted you to see that, that... um, I'm not the minister of this church, you are the ministers of this church, and God is doing some incredible things through us um, as a church family, and you do truly have the power. So flipping over to the next section of what we're about, is we're going to talk about our mission statement. Now I told you that story earlier about that guy that went around, and everywhere that he talked to, every person he talked to was saying the same thing. And as Lutheran Church of Hope, as one church in multiple locations, we too have a mission statement, and let's throw that up on the screen, let's read this together reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. So right away, you can tell it's not about us, right? That is a huge thing to remember. It's not about us. It's not about you just sitting there in your chair. And it's our mission that defines us. The church is not a club. The church is not just a social event. The church is not a place that we lock the doors and we say, well, this is the only people that can come. The doors to this church are always Open And it's our mission that defines us. That's why we focus so much on our mission, is that the great thing is that no matter what happens, no matter what changes we see around here, uh, the mission doesn't change. That will always be our mission. And so you ask the question, what is it that defines us? What makes City Branch City Branch? Well, some people would say, well, I just love the small size. Well, that's great, but what if God wants to grow the church? (laughs) What if the church is his idea and not our idea? Other people would say, well, I just love that style of worship. Well, what if we pull an organ out some week? Does it cease to be city branch? No, because that's not those things that define us. Our goal is to be whatever God wants us to be as long as we're making disciples. God's desire for this church is not that we just grow 8,000 feet wide and an inch deep, right? God wants us to be a church that's deep and wide that's deep, growing in our faith in Jesus Christ and growing in maturity as disciples and wide, and that we're growing and we're inviting new people uh, in that way, that we're not here, we're not just playing church. So ultimately, we're not defined by what we're not. We're not defined by whether we have a church building with a steeple or not. The question is for all of us, are you on board with the mission, not just the size or the style? Are you on board with the mission? and what we're doing. And secondly, that God has given City Branch underneath the umbrella of that mission, God has given City Branch a couple unique ways that we're carrying that out. And the first one is based on Matthew 28 and the Great Commission about making disciples. And so let's read this uh, together from Matthew chapter 28. I believe we have that up on the screen. There it is. Let's read this together. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and it goes on from there. So, number one is that we are building missional leaders. Building missional leaders, and that's based on Matthew 28, is going and making disciples. Now, you might say, oh, I'm not a leader. If you have influence, you're a leader, and I think every single one of you has influence. You are a leader in different ways, shapes, and forms in your life. And so, disciple, what does that mean? For Jesus, that meant that you lived... With him, That you did life with him. That you are actively growing in your faith and you're learning what it means to live like Jesus. You are disciples living as missionaries. Write that down. Disciples living as missionaries. So ultimately, it's not about how many classes you take. It's not how many Bible studies you can say you're in. It's not how, many, how much scripture you think you know. The ultimate question is, are you becoming more and more like Jesus. Are you growing in your ability to love God and love others? Because faith is ultimately an active thing. It's an active thing and ultimately we don't keep it to ourselves and that you're living a missional, there's a fancy word, but you're living a missional life that one is that, that's learning to live like Jesus and inviting others into that. It's as simple as that disciples living as missionaries. The second one is based on the great commandment. So we're building missional leaders and we are building bridges to the city. And that is based on Mark chapter 12. And let's read that together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's Jesus saying that in response to a group of Pharisees, a group of religious leaders that are saying, okay, of the 8,000 million laws that are in the Old Testament, Jesus, can you boil it down for us? Who are we and what are we supposed to be about? And Jesus says, those two are inseparable. Notice he doesn't say there's two. He says there's one. We're loving God and we're loving others. And for us, the, the phrase that kept coming back to us as leaders was building bridges to the city. Because as a church we ultimately have this calling to love the city, to love the city, and that's why that's on that banner that you walk out every single week as well. So not only are we becoming the kind of people that can reach out, but we're doing it. We're not waiting till we're perfect to reach out and and honestly, As a church, we would love to break down those barriers that a lot of times exist between church and culture. A lot of people have this view of, oh, well, I found this little church and we don't want anything to do with those weird, strange heathens that exist out in culture, right? We don't want anything to do, we're just going to avoid them and we're just going to do church because this is where the godly people are. It's, It's sort of an us and them mentality. But what if instead of an us separated for them, what if it was an us for them? What would it look like to be a church for the city? For the well-being of the city? One of the questions that our mission team asks a lot is, if we were to cease to exist tomorrow, if we never showed up here again, if we just stop existing as a church, would we be missed? If we left, Would the city miss us? Would there be a void? Because we are so embedded into the fabric of the culture and of this city, not just as a holy huddle. Would they miss us? And ultimately, Jesus is saying, go and be the church. Build bridges. Connect with people. Bridges connect people. They don't divide people. Ultimately, it's about us saying, we're going to come to you. We don't just expect you to come here. And that's pretty exciting. And the goal is to be a visible and life-giving presence. I think that's on your sheet as well. To be a visible and life-giving presence. We don't want to just hide out and pretend that we don't exist. We always want to be inviting and we want to be life-giving. So that's the target. That's what we're about. Being missional leaders and building bridges to the city. So we're building leaders and we're building bridges. We're building leaders and we're building bridges. And we're doing both simultaneously. So switching to the next part of your outline there. Okay, that's who we are. So what does it mean for you city Brancher to be a part of that. What does that look like? Well, One of our first, our key beliefs is that church isn't just what you get, it's what you give. So imagine that you don't walk in here every week saying, oh, what can I get? What can I consume every week? The ultimate question is, what can I give? And it's a total shift of mindset that as you walk in here each week, what if the question you asked was, okay, who can I love today? Who can I bless today? Who needs some encouragement today? Who needs a hug? Who needs a smile? Who needs a handshake, right? You see how it's a total shift in mindset that instead of walking in saying, you're in my seat, right? Oh, I hope the message is good today. Well, I hope the message is good. I hope the worship's good. But do you see the the shift in mindset? It's not about what can I consume? It's about what can I offer? Because every single one of us is the church and we bring that collectively together. And so, ultimately, this boils down with what does it mean for you to be a part of this church is the four G's. The four G's. We're going to roll through those pretty quick. The first one is gather. That's what you're doing today. That ultimately, worship is a get-to, not a got-to. Worship is a get-to, not a got-to. We are created to worship. Worship is essential to our spiritual growth. And it's our prayer that worship would take priority over all the other things in your life. And I'm just going to be bold and say this. If you're too busy to worship... You're too busy, okay? God took a day off, which means you can too, right? If somebody asked God, well, does the world revolve around you? God would say, yes. <laughs> and I took a day off, right? And so if somebody asked you, does the world revolve around you? Just take a deep breath and say, no. Sabbath is not a suggestion. Sabbath is a command. Because ultimately God cares about you, because he cares about your heart. And he said, I created you to worship. I didn't create you to just go and go through the motions and sing some songs. I created you to live a life of worship. And one of the ways that we do that is corporately here together on the weekend. It's that important. And also, we don't want you to miss out on what God's doing, right? It's like your favorite TV show, right? You can't wait till next week to see what happens, right? So why should our expectations be any different for the God of the universe? We pray that every single week before worship. When we pray with the worship team, we say, God, would you just blow our minds today? Would you do something that you've never done before? It's not just one more Sunday. It's not just one more church service. God, we want everything that you have for us today. And so it's so important that we're here and that our hearts sink at the thought of missing out on what God might do when we're together. So gather is the first G. The second G is grow. And this is one of our values as a church is that Christianity is a growing experience. And why do we need to say that? Well, duh, John. We get it in our heads sometimes is that Christianity is like high school, right? Or it's like confirmation for Rachel, right? One of the things I loved about what Rachel said is that it's only the beginning of the journey. She's not saying, I got confirmed. I'm good to go, right? But a lot of times we think that way even as adults. We say, well, just like I graduated from high school and just like I graduated from college, I got confirmed, I went to a couple Bible studies, I put in my time every week. I'm good, right? Remember, we're disciples. We're apprentices of Jesus. We're following him every single day. Class is always in session, right? Christianity is a growing experience. And as we think about that, and as we think about who who Jesus is wanting us to become, is to become servants. Is that the ultimate measure of maturity around here is not how much you know, it's how much you serve. It's how much you realize that life is not about you. And so if you're here and you think, I'm pretty mature, I think I've got my ducks in a row, well then I just want to challenge you. Give it away. Give it away. There are people in this congregation that are dying to have a relationship with somebody that's farther down on their faith journey that wants to pour their life into them. Give it away. Ultimately, the love that you receive from God is to give away to others. And maybe for some of you, just ask that question today. Have I become complacent in my faith? Have I reached a place where I've got on this plateau? And maybe God just wants to shake you up today and say, you know what? You haven't graduated. You haven't graduated. There is so much much more there's always more with God there's always more with God and you talk to the people that are growing actively in their faith and what they'll say is the more I grow the less I know right the more the bigger God gets the 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 more I grow in my maturity as a Christian the more questions I have did you hear that the more I grow, the more questions I have because this God is so big and great and I can't possibly comprehend who he is. So first, gather. Secondly, grow. And that leads right into the third G, which is groups. We believe that that growth takes place best, as Mark said up here about adult, adult ministry team, when we do life together. Adult ministry, spiritual formation, is not a department of the church. It's what the church is. Okay? It's not you come here and then a segment of the church goes off and grows in their faith, right? Spiritual formation is for all of us. You take discipleship out of Christianity and there's not a lot left. Jesus says, Come follow me. That is an active response for every single one of us. And we believe that that takes place best in the context of groups, in doing life together. And that may look differently for every single one of us, but the question I just want to ask you today is, who knows you? Who really knows you? Not just your name, not just where you work, not just your golfing buddies, not just the people that you hang out with once in a while. Who knows you and who have you given permission to speak into your life at a deeper level? Most of us, if you think about the Titanic and the iceberg, right? It was what was underneath the surface that caused the trouble, And for a lot of us, we're living with the top 10% of our life above the water, and that's who people think we are. But you know what's really causing the issues in our life? is everything that's below the water that you've never given anyone, let alone your creator, access to. Who knows you? And who do you know, to be honest? You might say, man, I've just been coming to to, to worship for a while. I just feel really disconnected, right? I just don't feel like I know anybody. Plug in, folks. Plug in. A part of feeling connected is letting yourself be connected. Is letting go and being vulnerable enough to invite other people into your life and being secure enough in your identity in Christ to say, even if I get to this small group and I admit that I haven't read my Bible for three months, I'm not going to be shamed for that because in Christ, there is no condemnation, okay? So when you go and you join a group, the purpose is not to shame each other for how bad we've been recently. The purpose is to build each other up, to spur each other on to good deeds and to grow in our faith. Who knows you? And finally, the last G is give. So we have gather, we have grow, we have groups, and we have give. And this is a lot of different ways. First way is in, in serving. We say this all the time, but the people around here that have the most joy serve. If you need some joy in your life, Stop focusing on yourself. <laughs> serve. The people with the most joy serve. And we've already talked about the teams. And Every single person that was up here earlier, and even three or four more, represent a team that represents more people, that represents co-leaders and apprentice leaders. We want you to plug in. There are ministries in this church and in this city that are dying, that are just waiting for servant leadership. that are waiting for people to step up and say, I can do that because life is not about me. Maybe today's the day that you plug in. There are unlimited possibilities. One of the great things about being a three-year-old church is that anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is available. This is not about me and my agenda. It's not about the leadership team and their agenda. If you have an idea, if you have a passion, and you're sitting out there today saying, I've always wanted to do blank. Talk to us. Don't keep it to yourselves. We are the church, and we church in a lot of different ways. The church is not just a noun. Church is a verb. You can church in a lot of different ways, and we're asking you and calling you to be the church wherever you are. Maybe it's time to plug in. And finally, another way we give is financially, and ultimately, it's a matter of faith, and it's between you and God. It's not between me and you. It's not between you and anybody else. It's between you and And God, God, that we ask that you would give joyfully as a matter of faith, not guilt. That you would give as a matter of faith, not guilt. That we know that tithing is something that God calls us to do that's rooted in Scripture. And so that's the roots. That's the foundation of what holds us together. And I was thinking, okay, John, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) And I just want you to know that. You are the church. And you're doing an incredible job at that. The only reason that we do this is to remind ourselves of who we are. I want to close today with a short clip. And uh, I was thinking about this. Um, A lot of times, I think we feel like just a ragtag bunch of people. That's just here and we're gathering in an elementary school gym every week. And you're like, are we really making a difference? Has God really called us to do great things for his kingdom? What is it that we're about? And I was thinking this week, what would be a a good clip to watch for Mother's Day? And I thought, hockey. (laughs) Perfect. Many of you are most likely familiar with this story, but there was another team, if you think of us together here today as a team, there was another team that against all odds came together in unity, that understood their roots, they understood who they were, and against all odds they changed the world. So back in 1980, the U.S. Olympic hockey team made up of a bunch of college kids, a bunch of nobodies, made it to the gold medal game of the Winter Olympics in New York, where they would face the mighty superpower Soviet Union. And just as a disclaimer, I'm not comparing the Soviet Union to the devil here, Okay. (laughs) we have an enemy too. We have an enemy too. And in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus looks at at Peter and he says, Peter, you are the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Ultimately, today is not about mission and vision statements. It's not about the four Gs. It's about the fact that God has called us Lutheran Church of Hope City Branch to be the church and to understand who we are and because of that to know that victory is ours. Victory is ours over any enemy. And so as you watch this clip and you listen to the coach talk to the players I want you to think okay happy Mother's Day hockey I want you to think about your coach the God of this church speaking to you as an individual and speaking to us collectively Who are we and what are we about and what can we accomplish together as the church? So let's take a look. Incredible things happen, don't they? Incredible things happen when we understand who we are and who it is that God has called us to be. And I'll echo the coach's words, it's our time. It's our time. You are the church, not just a hockey team. We are God's witnesses. We are his salt and light to a world that desperately needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. We know our roots so that we can grow and bear fruit. So stay connected to the vine, know your roots, and be one team, unified, to change the world. Let's pray together.